Hello, this is Brian Metlaga. I'm the Associate Director of Education for the Endourology Society, and I'd like to welcome you to this edition of Endourology Soundbites podcast series, which is sponsored by Richard Wolf. In this episode, we are fortunate to be joined by Dr. Michael Lipkin from Duke University. And the subject matter that we'll go through over the next 10 to 15 minutes is really a nice, I think, comprehensive review and update on fluid management in ureteroscopy. Dr. Lipkin, thank you so much for joining this series. Thank you, Dr. Malaga. So obviously, you're incredibly experienced with ureteroscopy. And so as you look out at the marketplace, what do you see as the available options for fluid management during ureteroscopy? There are a number of options for fluid management, some of which have been around for quite some time, and there have been more recently some newer options in the market. Historically, most fluid options were done either by just gravity, so you would hang a bag of irrigation, either saline, most typically for ureteroscopy, and hang it at a fixed height above the patient to get the flow during the case you desire. There have been a number of hand irrigation options, whether that literally just is attaching a syringe to your ureteroscope, or there are the dual action pumps where you can hook the syringe to a bag of irrigation and subsequently to the ureteroscope. So as you flush, it not only flushes irrigation out the ureteroscope, but also draws irrigation out of the bag to sort of allow for a more continuous operation. And then there have been pressure bags, particularly for flexible ureteroscopy, where physicians would put their irrigation fluid in a pressure bag, similar to what would be used in IV fluid. There are level ones that have, you know, historically been used in trauma where you can apply pressure to help maintain a more steady flow. And then the pressure can be regulated with a stopcock. More recently, there have been some automated pump systems, such as the Thermetic system and a system that's available through Rokamed, where you can actually hook your saline or irrigation up through a digital system, set the pressure you'd like it to flow out of, and then hook that up to your scope. When you look at that universe of options, which range from kind of low complexity, low technology to high complexity, high technology, what are your considerations when you're choosing a fluid management system? There are a number of considerations. I think one consideration is ease of use and ease of setup. Even some of the low-tech options can be a little bit more challenging to the workflow in your room. For instance, a gravity bag, you can be limited by how high you can place the bag. It can be difficult to replace the bags during the case. Some of the higher technology, the newer options, the consideration is cost. You're adding some disposable and capital costs to your case. I think when you think about what works for you, you should think about the resources that are available to you. There are certain unique features, I think, that, for instance, fluid warming can be automated with some of the newer fluid management systems. Conversely, if you have the ability to keep your fluid bags in a warmer prior to the case, you can certainly warm up your fluid if you're using gravity irrigation. And then I think safety has always been top of our mind. And we've, in consideration of how you manage fluid during your flexible and semi-rigid ureteroscopies. And so the consideration of being able to monitor or at least be cognizant of the pressure you're applying with either gravity or pressure bags or the newer systems that are automated pumps versus the hand systems where it's more difficult to actually determine what pressure you're actually putting through the ureteroscope. 
And so that brings up a really good point to explore further, because if you were to kind of bucket these different management systems into gravity, hand action with syringe, the pressure bags, and then the modern automated symptoms, do you see that certain categories have significant advantages over the other? And then conversely, do you have concerns about any of those setups or systems or kind of watch outs if you are going to employ that approach? I think they all have advantages and disadvantages. And, you know, this is a subject of much debate when we have meetings. I don't think there's any single system that's clearly been shown to be the best. So, you know, I'll start with the simplest, which are either hand syringe or the handheld pumps. I think the advantage is they're fairly inexpensive. I also think they're probably the best way to actually minimize the amount of irrigation you use during the case because you're actively controlling it on a real-time basis. You're only injecting irrigation when you need to see. And I think the other advantage of these, particularly with flexible ureteroscopy, is you're able to easily sort of give a quick burst of irrigation to displace stones. And there's some advantages, for instance, if you're basketing in a difficult calyx to that. The difficulties with those systems is they often require an assistant. They don't absolutely require assistant, but it's certainly easier to operate than to have a second set of hands. The other issue is there have been studies that have shown that you actually get fairly substantial pressure spikes when you use these systems. So though for a majority of the case, you may be using little or no irrigation and the intrarenal pressure may be low, when you do deliver a squirt, if you will, you can actually generate very high intrarenal pressures, higher than really either of the other systems in a short burst. Now, what the clinical implications of that are not entirely clear. When you look at gravity, again, gravity, very inexpensive, fairly easy to regulate the pressure. You just have to measure the height. You can certainly pre-warm the bags if you have that ability. It allows for the ureter or scope holder to control the flow by potentially just maneuvering a stopcock where the inflow of irrigation. I think the primary disadvantage of gravity is just operational. It can be cumbersome for your staff. If you run out of irrigation, they have to lower the pole, change the bag, re-raise the pole. It could sometimes be difficult to get the irrigation high enough to get adequate flow. And so I think those are some of the operational challenges with gravity. And it may be difficult to generate enough pressure to maintain adequate flow during the case. You touched a little bit on the potential clinical implications of that. I was curious how you view governance of pressure during your ureteroscopy and are there things that you do as a surgeon to try to either reduce the pressure in the system or reduce risk associated with the pressure? Sure. I think from the governance standpoint, there are really two ways to mitigate it or control it, if you will. I happen to use an automated pump system. We use a thermetic system. I really like it. One, it's very easy for my staff to set up, so they really like it. But we set a preset pressure for ureteroscopy at 200 millimeters of mercury. And then I regulate the flow out of the ureteroscope by controlling a stopcock where the irrigation is hooked up to my ureteroscope. I prefer that because it actually gives me quite a bit of control over the amount of fluid and thereby pressure I'm putting into the system. And I rather have that controlled directly versus a hand pump, for instance. In terms of general strategies to mitigate intrarenal pressure, certainly a ureteral access sheath will help if you're able to get a ureteral access sheath up to the proximal ureter or ideally even into the kidney. That helps with outflow, which subsequently helps with reducing intrarenal pressure. In cases where, for instance, maybe you're going to dust a stone in the kidney and you're not going to use an access sheath and you're just placing a scope up into the kidney directly, we'll place a catheter alongside the scope into the bladder to allow some continuous drainage 
drainage out of the system. Again, to reduce the pressure in the bladder and ease outflow of fluid from the kidney during the case. So those are some of the strategies. I think another strategy also is that if you, for instance, get into a kidney, if you're treating a ureteral stone and then subsequently treating a kidney stone or for instance, UPJ stone, oftentimes as soon as we get into the kidney, we will evacuate whatever hydronephrotic urine or fluid is there to empty the kidney, if you will, prior to introducing irrigation to help reduce the pressure. And you had mentioned that you presently are using some of the automated systems. Is that a fairly recent conversion? And what was your thought process that led you to that? And how have you seen its adaptation into your practice? We've been using it probably for about a year and a half, two years, roughly. Prior to that, we used the level one. I was trained to use pressure bags during ureteroscopy, both in my residency and fellowship. So that was what I was comfortable doing. The challenge with both the level one and the pressure bags is the way you set the pressure for the level one is analog. So you can easily overshoot and then the bags and the level one burst. With pressure bags, as the irrigation runs out, the pressure naturally decreases because the bag empties and you have to constantly be reinflating the bags. And so for us, the automated pump system really allowed us to get very consistent pressure. It allowed us to automatically warm the fluids, which less critical during ureteroscopy, but certainly important during things like percutaneous nephrolithotomy and even potentially for holeups, we're using quite a bit of fluid. And then really, honestly, the biggest difference has been for our staff. It's been a lot easier to train the staff on using these systems. So if you have somebody who's not familiar with ureteroscopy, it's easy for them to come in the room, learn how to set the machine up, set the pressure and move on. And so it's been a huge satisfier for our nursing staff. And we've been hearing more about pressure, uh, things like the program for the World Congress of Endurology in a couple of places, both in abstracts as well as plenary discussions, the idea of pressure has come up. Do you see this as being an issue that'll kind of be more and more explored to a greater extent in the coming years? Yeah, I think so. I think as we continue to push the envelope for miniaturization, whether it be with mini percutaneous nephrolithotomy or with ureteroscopy, I do think we'll continue to explore this. Pressure has, I think, probably two implications for our patients. One is an infectious concern. If there's bacteria in the system, will you push that bacteria into the pylovenous system? I do also think that elevated intrarenal pressure is contributory to pain post-procedurally. You know, renal colic is essentially stretch on the renal capsule. And so having high fluid pressures in the kidney during your case is analogous to that. Anecdotally, certainly we've had cases where we did not have good outflow from the kidney and we were concerned or sort of pylovenous backflow. And oftentimes those patients will have more discomfort postoperatively. So I do think it's an area where we'll continue to explore. And I think as our understanding evolves, we'll have both better mitigation systems and also better monitoring systems. Well, Dr. Lifkin, I just want to thank you for uh, being a part of this podcast series. This is really an incredibly concise yet detailed overview of the implications of pressure in stone management and what we as surgeons can do to improve that. So, so this was incredibly valuable for me and I'm sure for the society listeners as well. So I just want to thank you for being a part of this. Happy to. Thanks for inviting me and uh, look forward to talking again soon. And of course, on behalf of the Society, we'd like to thank Richard Wolf for their support of this podcast series and invite the listeners from the Society to join again for the next one in the future. Thank you.